Talking Toro number 13, uh, reviewing the end of the Serie A season. Um, and I think we I don't think we're going to talk too much about the Roma match because it's best forgotten and it feels like a long time ago. But we are, we will address the final game of the season and uh, dedicate most of this week's podcast to the Torino Awards um, 21-22 with a few little alternative categories for fun. Um, Robert um, claimed he went to Leicester this weekend to uh, for uh, to negotiate the Dennis Pratt deal, but I actually think he was uh, going as the Lianco fan club member. But I'll let him talk a bit about that a bit later on. But Robert, when it's my turn to introduce the the podcast, I've come with a number. So I'm, my number, I've got two numbers: twenty twenty. Does that mean anything to you? The number twenty twice. Number 20 twice. I have absolutely no idea. Okay. Well, Torino finished 20 points off the Champions League places and 20 points from relegation. Um, it's it's so almost like we finished 10th. It's almost <laughs> like we finished 10th. And we, yeah. And so it'd be very interesting um, which one we're closer to next season. But anyway, let's launch into Roma. Torino hadn't lost by two goal margin all season. Um, so they went out in style, losing three 0 Robert, it was uh, it was crap, wasn't it? Really, Friday night. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a shame to to end the season that way. In one of the sort of better attendances at the uh, the Grande Torino, I thought until the sort of opening goal, we'd actually played quite well. Um, I thought <sighs> I was maybe expecting Roma to have played a less sort of first choice starting eleven. It was. Uh, quite a strong side for a, for a team who've got like a, a European final in the week. Um, sort of makes it a shame that they've not sort of beaten Venezia the week before, whereas maybe they'd have um, played a bit of a, a weaker start in 11. But uh, yeah, uh, a couple of strange selection choices for me. Um, Sasha Lukic at, at right, right centre-back might be the, uh, the first strange... Uh, pick but I thought he I thought again I don't think he was at fault for any of the goals I thought he played quite well even though it was it was a bit unusual because I think he was sort of bringing the ball out of defense um when we had possession but then like in a defense defending sort of uh formation he was sort of playing the sort of it's a gg role um and yeah I don't really understand why you would start Brecolo um it didn't last very long uh, it was at fault for the first goal uh, and you could sort of clearly see that the fans weren't uh, on his on his side. So uh, ridiculous decision. Yeah, yeah I think Juric hasn't got many wrong many things wrong this season. But I thought that was an opportunity to sort of to give Seca a go a game from the start, um, or even try something different. If you go try something different by putting Lukic in the back three, maybe you try playing Pellegrini and uh, and Balotti together and see see if there's something. That you, that, well, we may go on to that later, whether that's going to be something for next season. But yeah, just a couple of strange um, uh, decisions by the players. It just looked like a sort of side who were not really fully focused on on the game. And you can understand it, really. It's You tend to get a lot of these games at the end of the season in, in Serie A. Um, probably the surprising thing is some of the results this weekend. There weren't more teams who you sort of weren't as interested as, as Torre were. Um but yeah, just and just on one point a, a rare mistake by uh Ricardo Rodriguez as well. But 
to that one, I'm going to actually credit the uh, opposition player. I thought it was good, um, sort of good awareness by Abraham to think that that was going to be a possibility, and he sort of won the. Whilst it's, it's a poor back pass by uh, Rodriguez, I thought it's actually good, good forward play by Abraham to to anticipate that's what was going to happen. Yeah, I I, I didn't think the farewell tour was managed particularly. Uh, wasn't managed well at all. It was uh, Ansaldi's last game. Clearly, he just doesn't have legs to play 90 minutes anymore. And I would have preferred to see Ansaldi come on for like 15 yeah. minutes at the end and not not be kind, not to be made look like a, an aging 35-year-old, whatever he is, with no legs. We we did have a bit of a crisis at fullback. Um, so there weren't too many options there, although I think we could have found a solution. But I felt, felt sorry for Ansaldi to be hooked at half-time. Uh, I have no idea why Brekolo's in the starting lineup after the events of the week. He's, you know, he's just not going to be, he's not going to be putting his foot in to, um, and, and risk getting in, an injury when he's um, basically got freedom of choice of where, where he's going next and the big contracts are waiting. And it just doesn't tally up with kind of everything Europe has tried to do this season. Um, and it would have been nice probably for Brekolo himself to go out with that goal in Verona and, and that be his farewell. Uh, he ended up making a mistake. Rodriguez turned back time with his, uh, yeah, he was very, sl- he was, was Rodriguez from last season. Um, I, I realised I've probably given this uh, podcast its first potential headline with my turning back time there. <laughs> it was about, well, to, burst in, about to burst into song. I'll see so. if Cher can give us the rights for the, uh, for the, for the song for the intro. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not a huge amount to say about the game. It was just it was just very flat. Yeah, if you felt sorry for for the fans who turned out in force. And before we get onto Blotti, which is probably the main talking point, again, Berisha, he's done okay since he's come out. I just think he's a slightly cursed keeper. Where where yeah, I don't know. Negative things are going to happen. A bit bit of bad luck. Um, I don't think there's been too many games where we've criticised Milinkovic Savage a lot, but I don't think Barisha's had too many games where he's where they've been free of kind of some kind of incident. Um, not always his fault, um, but yeah, that, uh, we've agreed. Like, like our next week's pod will be the the final one of the season. We're going to look a bit more ahead to next season, and, and we'll probably talk about the goalkeeping position then. And yeah, the final thing with a farewell tour is. Lotti, I mean, all of last week we were expecting some kind of announcement, and then we thought, okay, well, well Friday there'll be some kind of um, sense of uh, what the decision is. Vagnati said, almost like pitch side before the game, they were optimistic. I'm optimistic of what? I'm not sure. But um, Belotti, I didn't give a very good performance. He got he got hooked as well. And then, yeah, I found it just a little bit emotionless the, the the kind of the farewell walking off the pitch they kind of head down I don't know everything which happened in the I know there was a big ovation for Bremer Bremer got the award for um the league's award for best Serie A defender and and he kind of he kind of did have a farewell moment with the fans but I, I don't I didn't seen too much about after the game with, with Belotti doing too much um so it makes you wonder whether the guy is just in turmoil and, and not made a decision um but Today, Juric Vagnati, uh, Juric's agent in Cairo, met uh, to discuss the upcoming transfer market and still no news from Bellotti. So I'm just interested, Rob, what are your kind of sensations after the last week? I think in terms of a lot of the talk was becoming very positive about the chance of Bellotti staying. Uh, I think 
the best one in the world if he does stay. I think that's probably more of an indication, maybe not more of an indication, but probably the same. It's probably got the same amount to do with Blotti having a genuine love of Toro and um, nobody else really wanted him. Like the, the options or offers haven't come in as, as they would have expected him. Bear in mind that this is a player who would be free to negotiate a, a deal with another club from sort of January onwards. So he would sort, you would think him and his agent would have a fair idea of what sides were, were going to be coming in for him. Um, I thought the farewell was sort of, when he came off his sub, there was like chanting from the, the supporters. And I thought, like any, and Blotty acknowledged them, but in the same way that sort of any sort of captain would of, a, of their fans, like in the last game of the season sort of thing. And then there was another stage where he eventually made it onto the bench and the, the fans were continuing to sing and he sort of like got up and, and sort of gave them a wave. That to me did sort of look like a player who might be on the way out. Um, it doesn't... The, the, Vagnetti and uh, maybe Cairo's sort of optimism about him staying just seems to be centred on the fact that he hasn't made the decision yet. That doesn't fill me with much confidence. If... If I ask somebody for a million pounds, if I go and ask like the richest, if I go and ask, ask Elon Musk for a million pounds on Twitter after this podcast, and he doesn't get back to me, that doesn't mean that he's thinking of giving me a million pounds. Um, it, it, it's got as much a much chance of him saying yes and as of saying no, and I think in both situations the answer unfortunately might just be no. Um, I think hopefully, hopefully he does, and I, I hope he signs, but. I just think that the chances are quite slim now. Um, and if he doesn't sign, then I think we'll, there'll always be that little bit of um, distaste in, in the fans' uh, mouths in, in the way that it's happened. Like you say, if he'd made it a little bit more obvious, made the decision before the game, they could have given a, a sort of proper sort of farewell. Whereas it just would look a bit off to me for a player who's, who's been at the club for so long to sort of leave in that fashion I'd still be grateful I wouldn't give him abuse but if you look at Breckelow who's been at the club for a season only on loan then him deciding not to sign managed to get sort of the fans on his back and he was being booed for the entirety of the first half I would worry what that would mean for Blotty if he doesn't sign maybe because, just because of the way he's gone about it and the fact that he's not been open and honest Um and if he had no intention of, of signing, he probably should have said that sort of in January. Yeah, I, I think whatever we say in this podcast, we're probably going to look a bit foolish in, in the next few days just because we don't know what's going to happen. We, I'm not even sure Bellotti knows what's going to happen. I think the only thing we can agree is if if we do find out that there's been a deal somewhere for, for a long time and it, it feels like he's a bit gone in the night, um, I don't think the supporters would, would digest that. Um, and I actually think if he'd come out four weeks ago and said, look, I've signed signed for X club or I've, I'm definitely not staying pre-agreement somewhere, I think I don't think there'd been too many issues with it. You know, as long as, as long, there'll be one or two clubs if he goes to, we won't be happy with, um, <laughs> which can't be, might be the other elephant in the room. But I think we'll just have to wait and see as I said, next week's podcast and I look forward to next season. If miracles happen and Bellotti's finally made a decision, Um then um, we'll go from there, and it, 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 like I said before, I think that's just gonna—it's—it's it's gonna then dictate how 
how we attack the summer really um we do feel like it does feel like we're waving goodbye to a lot of people i mean pobegas is going back to milan whether we'll see him again we're not sure brecolo's not staying it's pretty obvious bremer will not be there unless we don't get the fee the fee we're looking for but you know, it looks like he's he's gone with the club's blessing, and even Juric has said it will be impossible to replace him. Mandragora, we are we're we're trying to get we're trying to get discounts on Mandragora and Pryor, and that's not going to be a a simple process because the two selling clubs will quite rightly say, look, this is a fee we've agreed, and they may start looking elsewhere for for alternative alternative bids. So it's. Yeah, if Belotti does leave, you just feel like it's this, you know, this first part of the summer is like actually like losing a lot of uh, a lot of core players and losing a bit of positivity, which that can transform itself and with one or two signings very quickly. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's too. I mean, is there anything else you want to say in the Roma match before we before we no, get no. the awards? No, I think the the uh, more we forget about that that Roma game, the the better. I think it, it is a bit of a shame actually that we. Um, that was sort of the only game that we'd lost by more than sort of two goals all season. We sort of ruined that that record uh, in the last game, and then we'd only actually lost one game by by two goals. And of all the um, great teams in in Serie, a, can you remember who that was against? Is now you've put me on the spot. Who did we lose? Uh, we lost to Udinese, to the team we relegated last week, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, that was their that was their, and they they um, they got their own back by uh, thumping Salernitana yesterday. Um, but yeah, and then even that was sort of a, a bit of a strange two 0 game because I think it was like a free kick and I think it might have been a free it, kick and a penalty. It was it was the day Milinkovic Savic lost his number one shirt, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, I th- I'd like and I think actually if you to go the whole season without actually taking a thump in or being like in every game is actually like uh, well in thirty six of the thirty eight games. But uh, I suppose the Udinese one is a bit of an anomaly. That is actually really well, impressive. We, we, we were in that game for ninety minutes. Yeah, who didn't know? So yeah, I think um, I think had we got the first goal, we'd have won it. Um, so yeah, I think I think maybe that's something. Where if you look at you look at team how many games they've lost, like losing the odd game one nil, two one, is a lot better than sort of in the past where you might lose a few games sort of four nil, five nil, six nil. That's not happened to to Torrey this season, uh, and maybe the scoreline in the in the last game was uh, maybe unrepresentative of, of the whole season. Sure. Should we should we talk a bit about the season? Should we? I think we got we got a, as I said a couple of categories of awards. I guess essentially the classic best of. Some of these we'll also throw out on, on Twitter. There's actually one we're going to not make a decision on and put out as a Twitter poll. We've got the worst of, um, and then we've got some of our own kind of awards um a little bit more tongue-in-cheek or just a, a, a little bit different but um I guess we'll we'll ebb and flow on this a bit Rob anyway but uh yeah I guess the the classic one first and this is one we also might put out on on Twitter but player of the season so we're gonna we're gonna name a player of the season and we're gonna nominate three of us to be in the poll so who, who's your player of the season I think it's got to be Bremer hasn't it I think um, yeah, I think it's I think we'll we'll try and make arguments for the sort of four players that we're going to put forward here, but I'd be very surprised if sort of any Torrey fan has a different uh, opinion 
Uh, he's just been uh, colossal at the back. The fact that he's won the best defender in Serie A playing for a side of a tenth in the league is sort of credit to him, really. Um, he's come on. It's almost unrecognisable from, from the player who who first signed. And I think he signed in the same summer as, as my good friend, Lianko. Um And a lot of the... A lot of the hype was around Lienko, probably from himself, but um, Bremer just sort of quietly got on with his work, was never, was no, not in the team at the start, but sort of didn't sort of complain, didn't sort of go off on loan in the, in, in the way Lienko did. He worked hard on the training ground and he's definitely reaped, reaped the rewards. And I don't think anybody can begrudge him a, a big move. Personally, I do like to see... Uh, Toro players come to England. I think that would lead to a bigger fee for for the club. So, if you look at sort of sides in England who need centre backs uh, and play in a back three, uh, Chelsea and Tottenham might be locations that I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them ending up in. And I just think with the obviously just financial differences between the two leagues, obviously Chelsea have got some issues that might need to sort out before then, to put it delicately. Um, do, you, do you remember Antonio Conte? Not a man dear to my heart, I've got to admit, but he did do us a massive favour once. Do you remember? Do you remember which uh, Torino player he splashed out over twenty million euros for one of our best sales? Uh, it wasn't Abona, was it? No, uh, Davide Zappacosta. Oh so wow! If we, yeah, when when you said Tottenham, yeah, I mean, I don't, let's not talk about uh, Bremer leaving. Just yet, but no, I completely agree. I think he's one of the last gifts that, that Petraki left us. Um, and I said, very raw when he came in. Mazzari, classic Italian coach who doesn't trust anyone under 30. Uh, took him a long time to bring him in. And actually, his, his kind of the game he came in for was the, a 1-1 Turin derby draw at Juventus, wasn't it? Where Was it the one where Ronaldo leapt really high to, to head the equaliser? Yeah. And um, but until, but and then, until then, he'd been he'd been excellent. He'd been, he'd been very good, and then yeah, he had kind of a few mistakes following season. I think you said last week it was kind of in the lockdown season that he um, he just his performances just became incredibly consistent. I can't remember him. He had one or two difficult moments, probably one or two games a season where um, usually against. Poorer centre forwards. Yeah, we, um, we may discuss this later on in the in the podcast. Well, yeah, okay, well, well, yeah, that, that, that yeah. is quite uh, the unusual thing that he's. I mean, I, I still think um, Dusan Vlaovic is still in his jeans pocket somewhere, um, but he he was unbelievable against sort of like the the top strikers in the league. Um, uh, I, I can I can remember, I, thinking of top strikers. I think maybe maybe Victor Osman did pretty well against him. Um, but then, if you look at Vlaovic, if you look at Giroud, I think Giroud was really complimentary about him in the uh, first game that we played at the San Siro. Obviously, a player coming from a different league has probably got a, a different sort of opinion on players because he'd never come across them before. And somebody's experienced as Giroud, who's won what Giroud has, I think you sort of take what he says um, as sort of a, a pretty good judge of a centre back. And I think. I think he's he's just been uh, uh, unbelievable this season. He might have difficult moments in games, but I wouldn't say he's ever had, ever had one sort of poor game for the for the whole ninety minutes. And yeah, maybe I'm being a little bit premature, sort of uh, sort of already announcing his departure. But I do think whoever whoever gets him uh, will will have a, a good centre back. Some players you 
you worry how they'll adapt. But I think again, depending on where he if he goes and, and where he goes, I think I think he'll he'll sort of continue to continue to do well and, and I'll, I'll wish him well. Yeah, providing he doesn't go to Juventus, which... Uh, oh, yeah, no, that won't happen. Uh, and and, and, and we finally get Federico Gatti. <laughs> Frozino in his finest. Um, yeah, Bremer, as I said, I'm, I'm not sure I want to see him at another Serie A team next season. I'd quite like him to go to England or somewhere else. Um, there is talk of Inter, but I just think, yeah, financially, we'll, we probably will make more money. Uh, with him going to the Premier League, if he goes somewhere in Italy, there might be some kind of uh, other players coming in the, in some kind of deal, I imagine. But I think, yeah, but I think Bremer is our first our first player this season. I'm, uh, there's three players who I've put on the short list from my side, and you're welcome to challenge them. Uh, one is Lukic, who I think has just been incredibly consistent, um, showing a lot more personality. Um, uh, one of my criticisms of him in the past was he just tended to go missing in games or got, he got messed about a little bit under Gianpaolo as well positionally, but I see Lukic, he's grown into the season. He's one of been actually one of the few players who's had a better second half season with a lot of players who were very good until January and have, have faded. Whereas Lukic has been a little bit the opposite. Um, another one is Singo, who I think is still got a lot of development in place but he's such a been such a good out ball for us a, a kind of goal threat gives the team legs and pace and, and a different dimension decision making not always brilliant uh technically not always brilliant but uh, when he's on his game he's a very interesting player and until I think until he's missed his last few games was almost played played the most minutes and the fourth one um would be Ricardo Rodriguez for me just Part of it is just a transformation in his performances. Probably another one who's had a better second half of the season as well. Very consistent. Uh, and we finished the season with the fifth best defence in Serie A. We're the 10th best team, fifth best defence. Um, is obviously, we've done this with not really having a very reliable goalkeeper. Um, so defence has to take, and the structure of the team has to take a lot of credit. So there would be, yeah, Bremer player this season. There would be the three I would stick in, stick in a pole for anyone who wants to debate it. But do you have, is there anyone you think should be nudged out of there or nudged in? No, I, I, I think, I think Bremer and Lukic are so far ahead of, of everybody else. It's, it would be difficult to play if you've had good seasons, but I don't think you've, you've got sort of anybody who'd be clear not to, not to sort of uh, change the opinion of people and, and change the results of the poll. But I think I'd be very surprised if it wasn't Bremer first, Lukic second, and then sort of third place. I think you probably put more more names in there as sort of players who've had good seasons. I think Lukic has really taken on sort of that added responsibility of being sort of if he wore the captain's armband for a couple of games, became the penalty taker for a few games, and and really seemed to embrace that sort of added responsibility. And he just looks like he's matured uh, into just a really good footballer who's. He, he can. He's, I mean, I was thinking about it in the game. He's actually played now. If you think he, he played in the back three, he sort of played as a sort of a, sort of a deep lying playmaker. He's played as sort of a box to box playmaker. I think last season he was playing as a trequartista. He's the epitome of a, a modern midfield player where he can do basically anything that your coach asks him to do. And he's not one of those players who he you ask him to play as a sort of deep line playmaker and then you find him in the number 10 position he will play the role that the coach asks um which i mean 
you would hope that that is what would happen, but some players maybe um, are incapable of, of doing that, don't have that sort of tactical discipline. But I think Lukic is a, definitely a, a fair shout for player of the season. Uh, Singo, I think it's a, I think it's a difficult one if you were only going to have one of the wing backs between Singo and Voivoda. But my preference would probably be with Singo as well. I think he just offers the side more. Um, scored a few goals with uh, assists from Voivoda, but like you said uh, very well, he provided that out ball a lot of our play. He sort of concentrated down the right hand side, and he. I mean, he's still young and he's got a lot of improvement to do, but I think he definitely started the season better and sort of declined as the season went on. But I think that's to be expected with sort of his age. You're not going to get sort of consistent performances from him week in, week out. And yeah, then finally, uh, Rodriguez, who again might get mentioned uh, later on in this podcast, but I think just he deserves his inclusion for that solidity um, in the defence. He has had a lot of stick uh, from Toro fans, maybe justified last season. Um, but to sort of turn that around and and be sort of man of the match on more than one occasion this season, even with Bremer in the team, uh, is very impressive. Very Still very frustrating that despite that one game against Lazio when he discovered that he was able to take corners again, um, he, he, he has, doesn't seem to have taken another one. Um, he stands over every free kick, doesn't he? Or, but yeah. Like, or, Almost he, apologetic. He, he, he knows will, he's yeah. He, he knows score, he's not going to get to take it. He but. will score an unbelievable goal. I just hope. I, I, just, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be there next season. He's sort of he's getting on a little bit, so I can't see there being many more moves in his career. But when he finally does score for Toro, it will be an absolute worldie, I believe, because he's definitely got the technique, and he's, you've seen it in, elsewhere in his career that technical ability that he's got. Um, but yeah, he's he's come close with a couple of free kicks and. Um, yeah, I think I think technically he's probably one of our best players uh, in the squad. Just having that balance of a of a left footer is is always um, is always handy. Just left footed goals just tend to look a little bit better. But uh, I think I think he deserves deserves his place in there. Maybe sort of battling that sort of third and fourth place with Singo. And I don't think any I think there's players who we may discuss in later categories who who've had good seasons. But I think. The, the top two players of Bremer and Lukic are so far ahead of everybody else than everybody else sort of there's not a clear sort of third, fourth, fifth, sixth best player if, if you want to go down that far. All right. Um next one's goal of the season, which we're not going to make a decision on. We're just going to shortlist four and throw them on Twitter. Um I confess I I haven't all of mine are from memory. I haven't watched back any of the goals. So part so part of it is from um from my side is a little bit what the goal meant to me when it went in and just, just that kind of, that, that kind of release really. Um, I, I I almost renamed it Croatian goal of the season because a lot of, a lot of our best, better goals have come from, from Croatians. Um, Even Piazza, who uh, probably someone will come on to in a later category as well. I mean, most of his goals were, were, were pretty good. Um, Do you have, yeah, I'll I'll throw it out to you first. Do you have any? I, I th- I've narrowed it down to four, which we'll we'll put on the on the poll, which obviously Twitter allows us to do. Um, you happy for me to, to say yeah, those four? Should... Uh, so I would say Breckel over Udinese, um, which again you obviously have a much better memory than I do, because I did have to come go back and watch a few of these goals. Uh, and yeah, as the memory does play tricks to you, I was convinced this was the goal against Fiorentina, but 
you, I think you said it a couple of uh, podcasts ago, it was in fact against Udinese, which is the, the vol- very, um, very League 2 Port Vale-esque long ball from the keeper. Uh, not, Easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had a go at Lianco, I just thought I'd get my own back. Um, yeah, nodded down by Bellotti and then um, Brecolo sort of fires in the volley from sort of 25 yards. I think that's that would probably be my choice. Um, then in terms of sort of what the goal meant for me, I think Bellotti v Juve, um, Brecolo involved again, um, low cross it and Bellotti scores. And, and Bre- if this is to be Bellotti's sort of last season, it's nice that he, he sort of it can end with a goal in the derby. Uh, Singo versus Sampdoria. Uh, just as a bit of a different goal, actually, just a sort of breakaway counter-attack um, that you don't tend to see with uh, Toro. Toro been sort of a traditionally slow team in the last couple of years, but some of a corner, we break away and sort of Singo is literally running like the uh, the, fa- the fast train to Milan uh, on the right-hand side just to um, to get on the end of it. And the finish is maybe a little bit fortunate because I think it hits the key. It was that, that was a that was a that was a low budget Bruno Perez goal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was, the, yeah, it, was, it was the home bargains Bruno yeah. Perez goal. Uh, yeah, so. I mean you, you can't have a you can't have a Bruno Perez every week, so you have to uh, have a bit of singer. But just if you, if you if you do look back on that goal, just absolutely like every, he's exerting every bit of energy he can to get on the end of that counter attack. He went um, off injured, didn't he? About two, oh, yeah, Juric pulled him about two minutes. Doesn't after, surprise think, yeah. He like I think if you, I think if you had a um, a speed speed amateur at the, uh, at the side of the pitch, he probably would have broke it. He, he was going very very quickly, and then um, the goal, which is probably most fresh in our minds, is um, Brecolo versus Hellas from sort of last week. Um, a bit of a shame, sort of maybe tainted with the fact that obviously he's not going to stay at the club. Don't think it's as good as the, the Udinese strike, but I think it's with a little bit of a mixture of sort of one goal in there, maybe not a, a great sort of technical goal, but sort of, of of the the importance of it. And then you've got three good goals. Um, I think they would be my sort of my four that I would pick. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you two of them for, uh, that we can lock down. The Brecolo against Udinese, I think was just um, quite a unique goal. Don't remember Torino scoring too many goals. Like it was very direct, but uh, Brecolo, when technically very good player, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, often his best work was finishes. Um, it was a very good goal against Venezia. A couple of good goals against Fiorentina as well. Um, I would definitely have that one in there, and I think the Bellotti one. I agree with just the um, again. Sometimes I don't think we've actually scored an amazing goal this season. Um, but I think, so I think for me, it's a little bit about the emotion. Yeah, Bellotti's last major goal. Nice bit of work by Brecolo as well. Um, and yeah, it just put, it pulled us into back into that derby, which um, we probably could and should have gone on to win. So those two for sure. Uh, the Singo goal, I struggle with a little bit. I just thought, uh, I, I did love the, uh, the kind of speedy Gonzalez. Uh, him almost running out of his body. But I think the goalkeeper made a bit of a mess of it and the Brecolo one for, against Verona if I just base it on the goal yeah it was a lovely strike but what followed um just and maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way but so I'm just going to come with a few more and see if you will let me squeeze them in uh, honorable mentions I think 
as I said, I've not watched him back, but every figure Tony Sanabria, I think all of his goals are kind of the same. But he scored a lot of quite, a lot of apart quite nice the, headed goals. Yeah. Apart from the absolute worldie that he scored last season against Cortona. It's Cortona, yeah. Which, and then he's never had another shot outside the box. No. Um, so a couple, yeah, I, I, I do have a short list, but I'm going to bring a few. I like really liked from the same Samp game, uh, Dennis Pratt's goal, which was also a little bit of a flawed finish, but the triangular passing leading up to that really that really summed up what Juric has tried to do. Um, I just thought that was a lovely goal. Snabry was involved in that as well. I think that I, and, I think it, I did watch that one back. I think the problem was didn't Pratt have like two rights? That I think he has one shot and it's saved, and then he has like basically a tap in, which I but I which is it unfortunate because I agree that the sort of passing beforehand is probably the best sort of team goal that or the team sort of um, sort of bit of play that we've had all season. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a lovely goal. I really like Piazza's. Piazza scores some very good goals. Uh, he scored a nice curler at home to Empoli. Um, from <laughs> from memory, a very good header against was it a header against Lazio? Yeah, in the home game. Um, but the one I really liked was the one away to Sassuolo. Um, uh, just for the moment, because Torino absolutely dominated that game. Uh, hit the post. Uh, it was the first time the season we were starting to see Juric's Torino. Um, and it was kind of typical Piazza's, but he's flashed in and out of the season. I just thought that was, again, the moment that goal meant means a lot more to me than the Barrecolo one at Verona. And I thought it was it was a it was a really nice rolled finish. Um, so, yeah, are you willing to? I think I I, I, I I'd maybe make you a deal to swap out one, which would probably yeah. be the Singo goal. And oh, maybe would, but, so you would swap yeah. out you would allow Singo or you'd swap it out. I would probably, I would pro- you know, if you're watching it in five years' time and you're just looking at clean strikes, you'd go back and say that Brecolo goal against Verona yeah. was really nice. Um, I probably need to take the emotion out of it, uh, but I think I think Piat- one of Piazza's goals should probably go in for me if you're not, think, if you're not going to give the Priet goal. But I th- yeah, I think because we've already got a Brecolo goal, and because the week after he decided that he, he didn't want to stay, despite saying that he was looking forward to scoring more goals next week, uh, next season. Uh, I say we keep Singo and we get rid of uh, Brecolo for uh, Piazza di Sassuolo. Okay. Happy with that, happy with that compromise. Happy with that. Yeah, what we'll do on Twitter, if any, uh, obviously there's a lot of goals, a lot more goals to choose from than there are players of the season candidates. So under the thread, if anyone wants to add anything we may have missed, because, um, yeah, I, I kind of went off. My research was all memory and just, yeah, how how, how I kind of remember each match so um going on to matches we, uh, so we've got another best of award is best performance um yeah there's there's, there's a there's a good chunk of them so i've i've got a little shortlist i thought sassuolo home and away were really good we didn't manage to beat them at home but i think that was the most dominant performance of the season on a par with the home match against bologna which we absolutely dominated um but but I thought Bologna were absolutely hopeless in that match. I mean Sassuolo weren't very good either. But um, uh, the Juve away, I thought was one of the few derbies in the last under the Cairo presidency where we we had no fear and um, we went at them from the start. Again, we didn't win the game. But, we, and to be honest, yeah. I thought we were quite good for sort of the first half in the in the home game as well. Yeah, and we home game we were slightly decimated. We didn't really have any forward players um, from, from memory. Um, with a lot of players out. Uh, the Fiorentina home 4-0. Um, 
was the joint biggest win. Uh, again, I think Fiorentina played like they're on a morphine drip. Um, and Fiorino, Fiorentina can't play on Mondays. But yeah, that was that was another kind of spectacular performance. But again, against a team who does it, it often is a great performance when you're when you're kind of coming up against the opponent at their best as well. Um, Samp at home, I thought, was one of the best expressions of of Juric's football. Uh, really good. And Inter at home, uh, I just thought was one of the occasions of the season. And then yeah, we let it we let it slip. Um, let it slip late on. So they were kind of possibly Lazio away as well. We played very well. Um, so that'd be my short list. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think you've sort of picked out all the the better performances that we've had this season. I think we've got to um, we've got to pick a, a win, even though it would be typical to pick our best performance in a, in a game that we didn't manage to get three points. Um, and I think the Fiorentina Fiorentina game for me is the sort of the best expression of what we did well um, in this in the season. Really, we we blew teams away in the sort of first 15, 20 minutes, so that it didn't really have any opportunity to get back into the game against a good side who obviously have gone on to qualify for Europe. I know they've had a couple of sort of games like this this season, but I think this was the first one where they sort of got absolutely sort of blown away um, and obviously got got the got the sort of Bremer was absolutely unbelievable against um, Vlajevic 3-0 up at half-time. I mean, even even watching at home, I... Um, I did. Uh, I did think that we're going to lose this, but then also, just as a personal um, sort of anecdote from this game, I'd um, actually tested positive for uh, COVID a couple of days before this game, um, and this was on the Monday night, and I um, tested negative on the Tuesday. So uh, Torino, in a way, did help me beat COVID nineteen. So I think that that deserves a little bit of extra extra credit, and maybe it was a coincidence, but uh, that's what the haters will say. But uh, but yeah, I yeah. Uh, I will remember that because I would uh, obviously not left my house for sort of six or seven days, and then yeah, finally got the the negative test on the Tuesday. I think the um, Fiorentina game is one of those untypical Torino games you'll ever like to see. Um, a dominant display against a very good team, very little to worry about, and put the game to bed very early. So I'm not going to argue again. Not going to argue. It's just a shame the context of the game was in a slightly Monday late afternoon in, a, in that slightly forgotten about slot but um, yeah I'm not gonna it was on the short list and I think there were, there were other kind of creditable candidates but happy to happy to go with that as well uh, next one's best signing so we between the two transfer windows we did bring in a lot of players for me there's not an obvious um, not an obvious like Bremer being player of the season, I don't think there's an obvious runaway candidate for player of the season. Um, I've got a few kind of few on the short list, and um, but who would you go for? Again, I agree. I think it's difficult because they've. I don't think we've actually. Well, we may go on to it later. I don't think we've actually had a sign-in who's sort of failed really this season. Everybody's sort of come in and done a good job. Personally, I would go for Priet just on the basis that he offers something that nobody else does. And when he was injured, we missed him the most. Um, I thought uh, honourable mentions to to Babega and, and Richie when he came in in January. But I think rarely for, for Torino, midfield's actually been an area where we've been quite strong this season. Um, 
whereas sort of in this sort of final third we have missed a little bit of creativity and uh, I think Pryor offered that and we really struggled to especially at the start of the season you mentioned the Sampdoria game uh, and the Fiorentina game where he was instrumental uh, I think without without him I, th- I don't think we, if safe say we'd not signed Richie say we'd not signed Pabega how well would we have done I think we probably would have would have a, a rem- relatively similar season uh, I think we, without Pryor for the entire season we may have um, sort of struggled to, to break down a lot of sides and and maybe not manage to, to finish in the top half. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think if you'd gone the first three or four months of the season, Pobega would have been been the runaway player. And I do question what happened to him in the second half of the season, although he still gave some honest performances. But I think that kind of hold that whole kind of there were a few press conferences around the January time where playing him was questioned, and I think he he suffered after that. Um, I don't think his body of work over the season probably probably gets him the award. And, and then there was a period where Brecolo for two or three months really grew into grew into his role and was just decisive, probably more decisive than Pryor in terms of end product, whereas Pryor had more of an influence in games. Um, I do I do find that Pryor, I wouldn't say slightly overrated, but I find some of the kind of stuff from Torino fans is sometimes a little bit over the top. I think there's a lot of games where he's not played well. Um, he can maybe be a bit quiet in, in the same way Brecolo can in, in some games if, if you think of the Roma game actually and um, Hellas first half I thought he was good second half he was a bit quiet um, yeah I, I sort of can see what you mean but I, I, I do like the fact that he very rarely picks the wrong option whereas if you look at sort of maybe some of our other attacking uh, players and they will maybe hold on to the ball a little bit too long or they'll uh, not make the, the right pass. Whereas I think usually if he, he's in a situation, usually does pick the best option in, in that in that situation and and maybe some of the issues is that some of the other players aren't quite on his on his wavelength at the moment. Sure, and I think he's often been carrying injuries or coming back from injuries and the fact that he was, again, yeah. the fact he was out for like four months and then came back to play three ninety minutes in a row is and, and the last well, game at, at right wing back. Do um, not trust do not trust Ivan Juric when he talks about injuries because he's written <laughs> off several players for the entire season. They've been back three weeks later. But yeah, my choice, I don't think my choice would be my my choice would be slightly controversial. I, I really like Richie. Um and why I like him is unlike some of these other players we've actually well, touch wood, we've actually bought him. I think that uh I until I I think that is one that we that the structure of the deal is slightly differently, but I just think that um, it took him a while to come into the team, but I just really like the profile of the player. Um, I really like his maturity. Um, and I think he just brings, brings a kind of calmness to, to the midfield um, and will allow Lukic to express himself a little bit more. Um, and the other one I just wanted to mention was Zima, who's another profile uh, even last summer, I think we were both saying that this is this this guy looks like a really interesting. He looked like a Petraki signing, young, uh, a young player picked up for a, a good fee with um, having had very good reviews, uh, and he's had a touch of the first season or first second season Bremer about him. He's he's paid for a few lapses of concentration or judgment or just exuberant some of the times, and he's been in and out of the team. But 
I'm not for any minute saying he's player of the season, um, or but it's it, this cat. This is category is called best signing. Um, and at the moment, I think Richie and Zima are better signings than the others because we've not signed them, and I uh, found a loophole in the category. Best signing of a player we actually own. Um, and I think I, I like to I like to own our players, not not give them yeah. back, not for other I'm, teams. See, I'm a real, I'm a realist. I know that um, I know that if we we're, we're going to have players who we're actually signed, then the list is even 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 smaller. Um, no, I agree with you on Richie. I think it was the AC Milan game. I thought he was exceptional. Um, and if you think that he's 20 at the moment, has already played sort of 50 odd games for Empoli, he's how good he can be. Is, might actually be quite frightening uh, that if he continues to sort of improve, like say he doesn't play as if he's 20, he plays sort of like a sort of a veteran midfielder. And uh, we have had sort of false starts in the past with, with centre midfielders. Um, Baselli, Benassi started really well and, and sort of flattered to the sieve in the end. But I, I don't see that happening with Richie. I think I, I only didn't count him just because he was a January signing. Um, and that is probably, although probably sort of played the same or had the same amount of sort of great games as as Prayer and Pabega. Um and yeah, no, I totally agree with you on Zima as well. What I like to see from players is that if they make a mistake, do they just focus on that or do they sort of carry on and and sort of try and play the rest of the game as normal and there is the the Abraham goal whilst it was a, a poor uh, from from the Roma game whilst it was a, a poor mistake by Breckler to give the ball away. Zima is also probably at fault for sort of letting Abraham get get away from him and get the shot on goal. But then in the second half, there's an instance where uh, Zima intercepts the ball, which is intended for Abraham, charges up the pitch, uh, sort of playing on the left wing, and then and then wins a corner. And and to have that sort of character after making a mistake for a goal to sort of risk sort of sort of exposing yourself and letting Abraham through on a for a one-on-one if, if you don't make that challenge and you don't sort of steal the ball away uh, I thought that was really promising to see and I, I think he is going to be a player who is going to be a key player next season um, because I wouldn't be surprised to see him sort of try and fill the, the void of uh, of Bremer No he's fearless he's, he's definitely he's very ice cold and fearless and I think just yeah, when he gets that little bit more experience I think there's definitely definitely a player in there if if he's nurtured. So are we um am I convincing you towards Richie or you um I I wasn't massively sold on either of uh prior to Pavega. Um so yeah, I I could be I could be I, I could be sold. I was maybe sort of 66 33 33. Um but yeah, maybe maybe I'm I don't think I've got a a solid argument for either, either the well, players. If you, if you look at the four players we had in our player of the season, they're all there last season. Amazingly yeah. enough, um, so I don't think any of the signings have either played enough games in Richie's case to be, you know, definitive. And some of the others have have just had fluctuations. Um, so I think, yeah, to use it in in, in the kind of true term of best signing I think for, for to pick up a player of that quality and that potential for that, I think for that the amount only, of money the only disappointing thing is I actually didn't sort of that, that January signing didn't lead to a sort of massive upturn in, in fortunes we actually went from sort of like February to April without winning a game 
not because of Richie, of course, but um, didn't maybe make an impact. Whereas maybe other players you sign in January and immediately leads to sort of uh, uh, an increase in fortunes. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that should be sort of out against them. I think the, t- the, the team as a whole was, was pretty poor in that spell. All right, and then f- the final of the positive categories, most improved player. Um, so we're going to avoid a little bit talking too much about players we've talked about. So we've got a short list of four. Two of them, Rodriguez and Lukic, were in the player of the season. And the other two I've got, uh, one was Coffee Gigi, um, and the other one, slightly tongue-in-cheek, Armando Itzo. I think, yeah, Rodriguez we talked about. Lukic's improvement um, has been very gradual, generally. and It's not not as been kind of stark as Rodriguez. I think in Gigi's case, when he came back from Crotone, we were just expecting him to be to be shipped off somewhere else and hoping not to see him again in the, in the nicest possible way. But Juric saw something in in preseason, um, liked his physicality, his his pace, um, his aggressiveness, and obviously that does has come. There was a period early in the season where he effectively cost us something like four points in in in, in about four days. Uh, I think Venezia and, and, and Lazio from memory. And um, I threw Itzo in there just because he's not, he's most improved in the minds of the coach because the coach clearly didn't want him anywhere near the team for about 70% of the season and the final 30%, without there being an injury crisis in particular, he's just played a quite a number of minutes. So I threw him, threw him in there. Uh, but I think my vote would be for Rodriguez for, for, for kind of reasons we've discussed. Uh, no, I, I agree with you on um, on Kofi Gigi. Uh, I, I think at the start of the season he got a lot of stick from from the fans and and sort of Juric was sort of people were sort of wondering what what on earth do you see in this player? But he didn't he didn't throw him under the bus, which I do respect. He sort of stayed with him and said, "No, I I think this is a, a good player and he's gonna he's impressed me and I think he'll go on to do well." And I don't actually think there were that many after that sort of that. That week where we gave away the two penalties with Lazio and, and Venezia, I can't think of there being too many uh, absolutely terrible mistakes that he's made. I think he really, for a side with European aspirations, he shouldn't be a first choice centre back. But I think he's a useful member to have in the squad. He's, he's a character as well. Obviously, never met him, but he seems to be sort of like a um, just like a nice guy who just rather than some players at Torre might might think that. They could go on to do better. I think he's one of those players who's absolutely delighted to be at a, a club like Toro and and is relishing just being being at the club, no matter what sort of what sort of role he plays. Uh, one player who I'm going to throw into the mix um, would be uh, Mergen Voivoda, um, the the right back who is actually a better left back um, or left wing back. Weirdly, any time that he played on the right didn't seem to impress, but. If you put him onto the left, he was basically Christian and Saudi ten years ago. Um, he had a good, good couple of a good spell where obviously he was sending in crosses for for Singo, and, and that led to a couple of goals. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think if if you think about the fact that only one of these players is well, one of the players have, have been nominated for for the player of the season. I think if you're looking at sheer improvement, you've got to go for Rodriguez. Yeah, I agree. I think it's his prize. I think honourable mention for Voivode, he's a bit like the Bologna of the team for me. He's the one I tend to forget about. And um, he's a soldier, isn't he? He's uh, 
he's a bit like the Angelo Delivio character when he was at Lippi's Juve. He, um, he gets up and down. He doesn't complain. He's not a particularly fancy player. I, I didn't think he, the word improvement, I thought he was quite good towards the end of last season uh, under Nicola and then didn't start this season particularly well and grew into the season. Uh, so I thought his... He, he did improve during the course of the season. He's improved uh, just, since he's been at Torino, one, but yeah. One caveat on that, I would actually prefer a natural left footer on, as a left wing back. And uh, like, again, not going too much into the sort of the transfer talk yet, but there, there has been some some talk of um, signing a Turkish left back from Besiktas. So whether that's something also that, that Juric has got in mind, I just, in the same way that you have that balance and you have sort of a, you have Singo going forwards. The fact that obviously Voivod is naturally right-footed and is always having to cut in on his right right foot, I just think you maybe you've got the opportunity of making the pitch a little bit wider and and getting more crosses in with his with his natural foot. Um, so it might be might be unlucky to miss out next season if we do sign a sort of a strong first first choice left-footed uh, wing back. All right. So the. Traditional awards, player of the season, Bremer, performance of the season, Fiorentina, home, best signing, Richie, most improved player, Rodriguez, goal of the season will go out as a poll. So we're going to move on just to a few worst categories. We'll, we'll keep these a bit shorter. Um, worst player, Robert, give me yours. Uh, Vanya Belenkovic-Savic. Okay, so I think, I think there are a few, again, I had three of us on the kind of shortlist, Aina, Linetti and Zaza. Zaza, we love to mock, but to be honest, he just didn't get on the pitch enough I think, to. I think he played not... like just just over a hundred minutes. I hadn't realised he he played so he played yeah. so little. It's you know, it's, it still feels like I've seen too much of him. But um, Linetti was a frustrating one because I thought at the beginning of the season uh, he'd got a bit of fitness and form back, and I felt that Urich quite liked him, um, and he was even playing quite an advanced role. And then he's just disappeared from view. I just think he's been a very underwhelming signing. I don't think Olorina's season was was particularly great. But again, lack of minutes, lack of game time. And I don't think he actually had too many really bad games. And I think he's and, had, yeah. unlike, the, unlike the others, I think he's had some really good, he's had a couple of good games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just touch on Lanetti again, a bit of a strange one. But I think once... Once we bought Richie in in January, and he he was no longer an option in that sort of in the in the midfield, that sort of signalled the end of sort of his his time at the club, I'd imagine. Yeah, uh, Vanya. No, I agree with. I think I think he got a lot of protection from the defence, um, and surprised us probably in the first months of the season that he wasn't quite as error prone as we thought he was going to be. His distribution was was an asset but I think over time the cracks in his game started to appear um and it got to the st- yeah it got to the stage where I don't think the defense had too much confidence in him and it was that game against Udinese where both goals were were kind of his fault in injury time we lost 2-0 and then we've not really seen too much of him since I don't think there have been too many players that have kind of stunk the place out because Urich has just not given him the minutes. Uh, he's been quite ruthless. Um, so some of those players he doesn't fancy we've not seen. So of the players who've had significant game time, I think, yeah, I think, I think I'd agree with you on that one. Um, 
So from worst player to worst performance. I'm going um, to pick. I'll let you go first. Yeah, a few. I mean, the, when I finished the Roma game on Friday, I thought that was our worst performance, but I just didn't think the context of it warranted it being. Um, you know, there were kind of external factors. The the game, the, the most disgusting performance was Genoa away, which you missed because you were getting drunk in an Irish bar some, somewhere when you had the right idea. Genoa away was horrible. Um, playing with ten against 10 men for 70 minutes, absolutely clueless. Um Spezia away early in the season I remember being quite similar although I felt we hoffed and puffed a little bit more there again Milinkovic-Savic may have cost us the the game there and then Udinese away it was a bad performance but it was a bad game I thought Udinese were equally as bad um, and got two lucky goals and the other one was uh, Venezia at home where I mean, this is something that needs to be said. 18 points, uh, 18 points an offer against Cagliari, Venezia and Genoa, who could barely must, you know, get to 30 points. We got five out of 18 points. You drop, you know, that's not great. Um, so, yeah, Venezia as well. Was, I think for me, it would be Genoa away was was probably the lowest, the worst performance. Yeah, I think I think that would, that, even though I didn't see it, I think that would be my pick because even if you look at a, if you look at it sort of without watching the game, any game where you're you're against ten men for seventy minutes against a side who've been as poor as, as Genoa have for much of the season, it, it was even the the inability to to break them them down or even create any anything of note. It was just sort of depressing even to watch the highlights. I think maybe the only positive part of it was that, that seemed to be a bit of a catalyst for for an upturn in, in fortunes. From that game, I think we only ever really went to lose two more games, which was uh, just towards the end of the season, Napoli and Roma. Um, so maybe that Genoa was still up. went. Genoa still went down, so we didn't. Oh yeah, and the, help yeah. them. Uh, no, but that was just uh, that was just trying to uh, do them a favour. We try to get the Gemellaggio back. Um, but yeah, no, pretty pretty poor. I, th- I don't think I don't think any of the the other performances, whilst they were bad. They weren't as bad for sort of the entire ninety minutes as that as that general performance. All right, uh, worst signing. Now we've. Uh, I think we're going to struggle on this one. I think the obvious one is poor old Mohamed Farias, who <laughs> did what does he do? His cruciate ligament in his first, first training, training session, putting his tracksuit on. Um, I I don't think uh, there's not been a really really bad signing because we've a we've not. Sp- spent a lot of money on anyone so we didn't we didn't flush a load of money away on these loan signings um I thought I always get his first name wrong I was calling but Magnus Warming um he's just still very young and I don't think he looks anywhere near being ready to play beyond the primavera um but his time may come He, he I just don't yeah I think he needed to go on loan in Serie B or play or play a little bit more, I think he just got over promoted um, a bit earlier in the season. But I certainly wouldn't call him the worst signing. Um, I just not, I'm not sure. There, I'm not sure there was a bad one. Um, I've, I've got a harsh pick, and then I've got a um, a niche pick. Okay, go. So the harsh one, I'd go for Piazza, in the fact okay. that he just uh, he sort of there was so much promise at the start with him scoring the sort of late winners against well late win against Osvaldo, late goal against Lazio, um great goal against Empoli 
and then from sort of January onwards, there was just nothing. Um, whether there was obviously his playing time was reduced, but I think his playing time was reduced because his performances were, were getting worse. Um, like you say, I don't think it's a harsh category because I don't think it has been a bad signing. Um, my niche pick was uh, the Primavera striker, uh, and I'd say apologies if um, I pronounced this wrong, but I don't think he's going to listen. Uh, Thibaut Byton, uh, who is the Belgian striker signed for the Primavera and was spotted at a Juventus game, which is probably not the brightest thing to do. I think it was a, I don't think it was their first game. I think it was the under 23s in the Serie C playoffs. Um, yeah, just a bit weird, isn't it, Thibaut? Whatever turns him on. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think that's something to to be uh, to be doing if you want to get into the Torino first team, but no, uh, yeah, I think I might we might ditch the next category we had because I kind of had Piazza in there as the most underwhelming player. Well, I've got a, contra- I got a controversial one for that as well. Okay, well, I was almost thinking we we might let that category go, um, and yeah, Piazza was just frustrating. Like you said, I think he's just this season was a bit of microcosm of his career. Really, it was just flashes of real potential earlier in the season um constant like little niggling injuries in and out of the team and then just uh again that's just a little bit similar to Brecolo in times where there's just too many games where if, you, if he wasn't going to be decisive he didn't have any an influence um uh, worth signing he's only on loan so in that sense yeah it's, maybe I'm looking at it a bit literally but probably of those kind of more stellar players we bought in is the one who will flat to deceive and will probably be the one we end up signing but um, I don't actually think we will but it'll be t- it'll be kind of be difficult Tara, if we do so I'm happy with with your suggestion um, I'm maybe uh, probably not going to dwell in this most underwhelming player category but if you did if you did want to share who mine would be Piazza so I was going to say Bellotti um... well I yeah I mean I had I had Bellotti on my list for that as well I'd, yeah. yeah. Well, I've already said to you that the Torino were a better team this season statistically without Bellotti in it. I think I think he struggled maybe with injuries, so maybe it's a little bit unfair. And I think obviously, I think we spoke for most Torino fans that we we hope that he stays, but I don't think it was his, his best season. And I think the disappointment in that fact that he's actually having better players around him, which he hasn't had for the sort of last couple of seasons, he has underwhelmed in a number of games he's been very good in a couple um but he has been sort of almost anonymous in in others so I think it's it's not really a it's not a massively critical uh category it's not sort of calling AB out I just think he's I think he'd probably be the first to admit he's not as, as good a season as he would have liked he still managed to end up the season as our top goal scorer um but that might might say uh something about just that our sort of struggle for goals in the season uh, but yeah, not with not being too critical of him. I, I know he's sort of struggled with injuries, and and hopefully he isn't listening to this. And and this is he's making the decision straight afterwards. We'll find out. We'll we'll hit Twitter after this and find out he's gone to uh, Sassuolo or Udinese or something. Uh, all right. So wrapping up, worst player uh, VMS, worst performance Genoa away, worst signing Piazza, most underwhelming player Belotti. By Robert Gilman. There we go. All right. So this last last bit, we're going to have a bit of fun, and these are kind of, um, yeah. I guess these will be kind of a little bit more 
less to less less debate here and we'll just kind of we'll kind of crack through these what i'll let you introduce some of these um, okay so these are these are a bit more humorous a bit more sort of light-hearted as we end the uh the end of the podcast so uh this one was based on a comment that peter made to me a, a few uh months ago so we've we've put sort of uh two differing uh options so the first one is player we've put play you'd most have a beer with but we won't be judgmental you can go to the pub go to the pub and have whatever beverage of choice with a current Torre player who are you going with Peter? Yeah I just find it I'm in my early 40s and hanging out with a uh, a young athlete half my age for feel, <laughs> feel a bit strange but just, um, just, imagine, just imagine you're 20 years younger yeah um, yeah I'd, I can't think of too many Torino players all in love in the world I'd love to have a beer with. But I did, I forced myself to, well, the the first kind of um, avenue I took was, I actually wouldn't mind going for a beer, when don't laugh at me, with Vagnati and Moretti, partly because I just, I'd love to pick, just scrutinise Vagnati on his job and his role and what he does, which might be very boring way of looking at it. And I think with Moretti, you would actually, you'd probably go out for a very nice dinner and have some quite nice wine. And, and apparently Moretti is, uh, is quite good fun. Um, but my player, uh, if I was, to, if I was to go out with, with one of them, I, I think you'd have a decent night if I'd man the weed. So I think you, I think you'd, you, I think you'd have a, you'd have a good crack. Um, you'd probably go, you'd probably go to a fairly decent pizzeria and slug a few beers back and, uh, yeah, there'd probably be lots of Instagram stories which I uh, wouldn't necessarily like, but um, but if you if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do the full Monty, so I'll do it with Itzo. Right, incredibly, Itzo was also my pick. Oh, if you're I there, if you're I, there, if you're there, I'm not going. I think I, I do think we do have a, a somewhat boring squad. Um, there don't seem to be many players who would be a, a great night out. Um, but I, I actually. I t- as as you've brought the uh, as you brought sort of the coaching staff in into their sort of wider uh, the wider uh, uh, team, uh, I think Yurich would be a good night out. There was um, images of him in a, a pub in Turin. Uh, I think he might have bought a couple of rounds as well. I reckon Yurich would uh, would sort of hold his own with uh, a few pints. Maybe I'd uh, maybe I'd offer him a Guinness or two. Yeah, I think you might end up in a. In, in in a kind of death metal club though, so which <laughs> which might be I, I might I might be able to get him drunk enough to put me on a bench on the bench for a game, and I might be able to get five minutes. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, our man Luizzo has not won a prize yet, so let's have him, let's let him have that one. Uh, who would you least like to uh, be stuck on a on a night out with? Well, I, I think this is where the category this is uh, where the idea came up because I once made a comment uh, about this player, but. Like a night out for me is it's going to be a little bit different to your regular nights. I've got two two young children, so if I'm going on a night out, I, I don't want to be on a family picnic. And um, yeah, I think if you went out with Christian Ansaldi, it would be uh, you'd be you, you you'd be going to some big uh, yeah kid thing kid theme restaurant with lots of big balloons and uh, drinking those uh, massive liter bottles of Coca Cola and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the guy. Like he was a, he, he looks like he's played his last game. He was a very good player for us. But um, yeah, I'm not sure it'd be my first choice on on a night out. Um, Again, I think there's in the same way that we may not have many people who look like a great night out. I don't think there's anybody who 
he would be absolutely tortured. You wouldn't want to spend any more than five minutes with. Um, but I don't think Tommaso Pavega uh, looks like. I think his idea of fun would be um, reading Harry a book. Potter boxer. Yeah, Harry yeah, Potter re- boxer. Yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'd, 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 I'd be fully up for that, Tommaso. But I, no, I get the feeling that he, he'd probably read a book and he'd be in bed by nine o'clock. Um, and just, I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely chap, but I, I can imagine him sort of drinking into the small hours of the morning. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Tommaso. I think. Uh, I don't know. I could imagine. Pobega having quite hollow legs would be being one of the one of the few who could maybe handle his handle a beer, but or, or what? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to be stuck too long with Vanya Malinkovic Savage in a bar either. But uh, he'd, he'd probably drop the point out of his hands as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, there we go. We've not met any of these guys. So been, yeah, uh, we, we probably won't after this. <laughs> this was all just meant for good fun. Um, by the way, I'm sure you'd love to meet um, Alarana just to take the uh, AirPods out of his ears, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, there was that one as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this was the Humble Pie Award. So I think this is our opportunity to say we're sorry and uh, we were wrong. And as we gave Rodriguez the uh, most improved player, I think Kofi Gigi deserves an apology from myself, especially. Um, especially to start of the season. Wasn't a... Um, wasn't a believer, but he, he has proved me wrong. He's he's been a sort of a, a solid member of the squad. So um, Kofi, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I I think mine is some moron said a couple of months ago that Urich had nine games to save his job. So um, yeah, Rob, you should apologise for that. that was a ter- <laughs> ter- ter- terrible thing to say. Yeah, uh, Rodriguez, Gigi, yeah, probably probably doubting Urich a little bit mid season. Um, probably with a little bit of. Uh, little bit of legitimacy at the time but yeah humble pie he 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 believed the project as they like to say believe the process sorry so that would be my one uh least likely to be here next season zaza do one see again i just have an affinity to rubbish football players for torino zaza has gave us a number of good moments i don't think he'll be here next season um but I, and bear in mind how, how little he's played, he probably does need to go and and, and go and find and, and be a sort of a starter, maybe at like Cremonese or, or somewhere next season. Maybe Monza if they they get promoted. But um, I'll go Carol Anetti. He's he's um, his Italian father, Marco Giampaolo, is waiting for him. Uh, and if Lanetti doesn't sign for Sampdoria, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, and like I was, my my whole. Um vision of a night with Christian Antali is based on seeing his Instagram and if you look at Carol Linetti's Instagram it's a lot of playing computer games so I'm not sure maybe he would be a good night out either but um, yeah Linetti's uh, he's probably overstayed his welcome he's not he's not one of the guys who's kind of um, who's kind of yeah turned things around this season so yeah we'll just, let's get rid of Zaza and Linetti to be fair I don't think either of them will be there next season uh, so this was uh, was average opposition player who looked good. So not yeah, who, of... I mean, who did we most? Yeah, I guess a kind of average player we we made look like a yeah. world beater. I guess so. It's it's a little bit of backhanded compliment. Um, I've got one player here who I'll go discount because I actually think he he does look quite a good player, which is better with Udinese. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gone for Leonardo Pavaletti for Cagliari, who um. When they when Matsari threw him up front against uh, uh, against us in the the home game at the Stadio Grande Torino, we looked absolutely terrified of the big man. 
uh, and he then had a hand in their winning goal. So I've gone for Pavoletti. Just we did mention it a little bit earlier. Bremers seemed to struggle actually a bit more with sort of tall, untalented target men uh, than he has with sort of the, the better strikers in the league. Um, and yeah, I can just remember Pavoletti sort of causing him, causing him a couple of problems. Yeah, it'll be a category for next week. It is the look ahead to how many players from Cagliari we're going to sign or try and sign. Um, I really hope we don't sign Pavoletti. Uh, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a few. They're all kind of honourable mentions. Um, Manolo Portanova who scored the goal for Genoa. Absolute. Oof, yeah, not not a good player. Uh, and we gave him his first ever goal in Serie A to, uh, to win that game. Um, this guy, I think, is not a bad player. Molina at Udinese, I think we, we, we made look he played very well against us, but we also made look good. Um, but Venezia, there were a few kind of candidates in the in the home game, but perhaps the uh, the Dutchman, um, uh, yeah, kind of Cafu on the right hand side. I actually saw him play yesterday against Cagliari, and I thought he had a, a fairly decent game. And everyone, this is a player I really got an irrational thing for. I really don't like. Um, just a very kind of niggly defender who we've been linked with a few times, and again, I hope we don't sign. He's just been relegated at Cagliari it was Eduardo Goldeniga. Really don't like. Uh, he, I, he, he's just uh, he should be sent off every game he plays yeah. for us. But he when came he, with the Cal, yeah the Cagliari team, and we again we just made him look like uh, the wall basically. And I, I genuinely think, and I'm sure somebody might be able to find the statistics for this. I think he's been yellow carded against Bellotti every game he's played against him. Um, I remember him for Palermo, even sort of three or four seasons ago, and, and it, like Bellotti just used to cause him so many problems. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's the sort of it's the the poorer players who you remember other than the uh, the stars because they sort of stick out because maybe not expecting them to to cause you many issues. Um, yeah, not sure we've 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 settled on one there. I don't, I don't even know if we need to at this stage to be honest. But yeah, some some, some good candidates in there. Um, what's next, Rob? Uh, best opposition. Display against Toro. Yeah, I think this is a very interesting case study because when I thought about this, I, we're kind of stripping this back just to the 90 minutes against Torino. Who were the best team we saw? And you said Torino, what, only lost what before the Roma game, only lost one game by two goals? Only two, only two sides did the double. Um, two sides did the double. Um, Roma would be one, correct, and the other one would have been. So we didn't. Don't remember us losing too many home games. It was, it was um, a home game just before Roma. Oh yeah, Napoli. Napoli did the. Yeah, I, I struggled with this because I think we credit one of the credits is the way we play football. We don't make we make it half the opposition. We don't yeah. make them look good. I've I've got a. Um... Sort of maybe a, a surprise uh, shout, um, which was uh, I thought Hellas in the game at the Stadio Olimpico with ten men in the second half played really well for for a side with a, a man less. And actually, I remember we were struggling to sort of hold on for the th- for the three points. Um, I thought that was quite a good performance, but but I agree. I don't think there's been one team who I've been like they definitely going to win the, the Scudetto. I thought AC Milan were quite poor against this in both games. Um, probably even played better in the in the away game uh, or the game interim. 
than they did in the game they won at the San Siro. Um, similarly with Inter, I've not been absolutely blown away by a side this season, which probably says a lot about maybe the league is maybe more even than than the, the table suggests. The fact that we, we haven't lost many games by, by more than one goal uh, shows that we were always in games. There was never a side who, who really blew us away until the until the last game of the season. Do you know what? I've got I've got one thing written down here. Do you know what it is? What is that? Verona at home. So it's almost it's almost uh, like <laughs> we're in the, it's almost like we're in sync. Yeah, I just I think uh I think they did very well in that whatever it was, it was over now with, with ten men and kind of completely dominated us. I did think at Fiorentina away, I thought they played well against us, but we were kind of was playing in the team then, so it doesn't count. It was it was almost like a pre-season game. Now I, don't, I, I hate the way the transfer market is still open. The season's running, but that was one of the games we, and we got I, I overrun. Think if we talk about sort of catalysts, if we talk about Genoa, that's probably a, a big catalyst as well, because it was after that game where Jorich uh, sort of made clear that he, he wasn't happy with the, the work we'd done in the transfer market so, market so far, and, and then sort of Priot followed, and that was probably... A key key stage of our season. I think Pabega already signed or was just about to sign. So um, maybe as we sort of scraped to a draw or, or scraped to narrow victory, wouldn't have had so much uh, of a, a reason to complain after the game. Yeah, I think if you're taking it on the body of 180 minutes, Napoli may have been one of the, the better teams against no, us. Agree. But I'd again, just probably the most professional. Um, but yeah, very uh, Verona at home. It kind of says a lot about the season when the best opposition performance is one we actually won. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, the next one is what I came up with. So where do we put this season in Urbano Caro's tenure from two thousand and five? I've actually done a little. I've not I've not ranked all the seasons, but I think you could suggest it would be the in the top six of Cairo seasons. And I've got the list here. If you'd if you'd like me to to read it out, yeah, from, shoot, from, shoot from six to one or one to six. Uh, go from one to six. Yeah. So I'm gonna go for the Serie B season in 2006, Sakari's first season as number one, with just the unexpected nature of the promotion. The second season would be 2000, uh, so 2014-15, uh, which included the the Bilbao games and the derby victory. Uh, 2013-14 would be the first season we qualified for Europe um, and sort of the, the Genoa game where we came back from from 1-0 down in injury time. Uh, the 2018-19 season, the Europa League qualification under Mazzari. Uh, and then fifth would be the uh, Serie B promotion 2011-12. And then I think this season is probably the best of the rest. Yeah, I struggled to disagree with you there. I, I'd written them down. Um, I yeah, pretty much close to completely agree. I guess the one where I'm met, the, the I didn't have necessarily have Ventura's promotion season. Um, I had the first one. I debated between that and this season where Mihailovic left and Mazzari came in. Uh, but there is probably uh, fewer kind of memories from that season. Um, but just in terms of points that. 18-19, we've got 63 points, finished 7th. That's our highest, our joint highest finish when the Ventura 7th was with 57 points. And then we've had three other seasons, uh, which 
uh, where we got more points in this season. The one, only one you didn't mention was the Joe Hart Mihailovic season where we got 53 points, finishing ninth. So, uh, statistically, this would be our sixth best Serie A season under Cairo. And then, so if you based on that, say there's five better seasons plus the two promotions. Um, it's getting late at night, but it's probably about the eight, eighth best season in it in that metric. But I would say there's never metric as the expectations going into the, those seasons. So a lot of those seasons were bunched together, Mihailovic, Mazzari. Um and I think there's probably an argument that yeah, this and hopefully we'll look at this season as kind of the springboard to, to something else and getting us out of those those two horrible seasons. So I I probably would say uh, fifth at a push but I'd be happy to say six I think yeah. I think that's an important point you important point you raise in the fact that it's the context that we've, we've gone from having two seasons of sort of relegation struggles and this was going to be a key season and especially we started with two defeats you, you sort of feared the worst but the fact that some of the football we were playing has been some of the best football that I've seen for, for Matura side for a while if you think even Mazzari and Ventura's football it's not the not the best on the uh, aesthetically, um, whereas sort of Juric's sort of pressing sort of modern style of football is a lot better for for the neutral, especially. And a lot of the games we were playing against, even the bigger sides, we we were holding our own, and we're really unlucky not to to sort of have one big significant victory against sort of one of the top six. Yeah, I think that might might lead us on to one of the closing categories. Yeah, I just I'll go to say I've obviously. Supported Torino since '92, but I don't remember too many Torino sides. Where, whereas it's not that they are easy on the eye, but there's an aggressive and positivity, positive nature to the play, especially early in the season where you know we even we were one nil up in matches and throwing men forward. And, um, and actually, we, statistically, we, you know we don't concede many goals. We haven't scored. We, you know what? One of the no one above us has uh, scored fewer goals. So that is an issue, but we're not a negative team. And actually, we're a lot more, probably the most positive Torino team in a, in a long time. And when we had success in the 90s, we, we weren't always a a proactive team, although it was a very different Serie A. Um, but yeah, I'll throw, uh, we've got three more to get through. Uh, most typical Toro moment. I've just chosen those two frigging horrible Lazio matches for me. Just uh, we keep we keep dropping points against Chiro Immobile um, in the 94th minute, and I both times saw it coming. That's just why it's typical Toro. I, I think I've gone through a game where we may be even more dominant than, in, than we were in both of those games, and it's the Sassuolo home game. Uh, we'd gone into it sort of from the uh, Fiorentina four 0 then we went to uh, Jenna and beat Samp coming from behind and 1-0 up against Sassuolo and absolutely battered them. Like, 4 or 5-0 wouldn't have been unfair. The way that they... Um, Sassuolo find, a, uh, as I may have mentioned last week, a, a bit of an unlikable side. Baradi, um, especially. Um, the way they celebrated that equaliser, I think they knew that they'd they'd committed a bit of a robbery because it, it should have been all over and, and they sort of... Oh, it was stopped. a foul. It, it was... Uh, they did the, took the throw in about 20 yards further yeah, forward that, and they should have done that as well. well. Um, but yeah. yeah, and then we followed that up with the Udinese and Venezia game. So, I, I... I mean, looking, we were sort of 12 points off Fiorentina at the end of the season. So, it, 
we would have needed a lot of results to have gone our way and a lot more wins. But if you think if we'd have won that game and then got into that confidence with the Udinese and the Venezia game, that's that's already eight points made up. Um, so who knows if we'd have if we'd have held on to that win, that maybe could have changed our season. Maybe we could have made a, a more significant push for Europe. Yeah, that uh, takes me on to the next catch. It was my biggest regret was the Sassuolo game because I think you've said everything, but what happened after that was almost like the team said, what is the frigging point that you can play so well and draw a match? And I just think that really impacted those, that really series of games, Udinese, Venezia, especially the Cagliari home game. And that's where, that was just the most disappointing part of the season. It was part of the season we lost. We lost touch with, I think we were very close to Fiorentina in the league there and they, and, um, and lost touch and yeah we finished 12 points off them which is which is a lot but I think if you if we'd maintained a bit more momentum if we'd beaten Sassuolo and and been sensible against Cagliari and Venezia then you you know if you think it more more, but yeah more momentum would have followed and more belief would have followed and and if I think again it's easy to sort of to look in hindsight but had there been a serious chance of us qualifying for Europe come the end of the season, then I think the the context of those Napoli and Roma games are totally different against sides who, I know Roma obviously had Europe to to sort of play for as well, but there was more reason for us to to fight for something. Maybe those results are different. Again, you never know how how pressure would work. It might have actually led to to us even getting worse results in those games. But uh, I think I, I again not to take anything away from Fiorentina, but I don't think they're a side who are sort of 12 points better off than we are but I suppose the, the table doesn't lie um, Yeah but I, I guess my other regret is not winning a match against one of the big six uh, because I think we deserve to, I think we played almost what, 12 matches at least at least 9 or 10 of them we we had the opportunity to win and we just very strange circumstances where we either didn't take chances or just got suffocated out of games a little bit, but we forced very big teams to play like Provinciale against us. Um, and I think that that's something I'd like to see next season. I'd like to get back to to beating Milan and 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 Inter and and just yeah. I think we deserved it on the basis of the season. Just to, I mean, I look at Verona's season and they had a couple more points in us, but they seem to have had a lot more, a, a lot more kind of bigger results. And we were very good against the the teams from eighth and below until we get to the relegation zone. But um, but that kind of middle tier of teams, we we were a lot better then. Um, but that would be my biggest regret. No, I, I agree. I think to Dan as, as biggest regret just because we deserve to win and, and maybe should have win because still probably the worst refereeing decision uh, of, all, of all time in, in the sort of age of VAR with the uh, VAR officials seem to think that Renaki had, had got a touch on the ball uh, before he sort of clattered Bellotti. Uh, I think it's if you lose a game or sort of you don't win a game and you get a sort of last minute equaliser and it's sort of it's been coming, but there was just a bit of sour taste in that because we should have already been 2 0 up. Agree. And we'll close with most random moment, which you can take anywhere, anywhere you yeah. want. But... I, I see, I struggled for this, so maybe I've forgotten something, but I'm going to go for um, Linetti's non red card versus Venezia. Um, he'd had such a poor game, it seemed like the only way to get him off the field. Uh, we thought we'd had um, uh, we'd had that good fortune in that he'd 
uh, been sent off, but Vieira actually went to look at it and, and realised that it was a foul by Akareke, the, the Venezia player, and it was actually him who, who was getting his marching orders. But um, yeah, just a bit, just a bit bizarre, really. Um, probably not the the reason that Vieira was brought in for to sort of actually change the the player that is is receiving a red card in in what was, I think I think either player. It's maybe what you would call like a 50-50. I don't think he player meant to do the, the other one, but they probably both could have got red cards, to be honest. It was quite a quite an untidy challenge. I don't think... I think Linetti's probably... I haven't got the stats in front of me. I don't think he's played an hour an hour of football after that, has he? I'd be very I surprised. I, 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 think, think, I think he's only played against uh, Lazio. Uh, uh, Napoli, sorry. Yeah. So I think <laughs> I think he... I think he got kind of got sent off for the season at that point. My most random moment was Napoli away, and I think Mandragora got injured very early on, um, and Ben Ben Kone came on, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" I mean, I was I was vaguely familiar with him, but there's other midfielders on the bench, and just the most random substitution. The guy threw himself on again. It was a bit the bit the everyone, warming situation. Gave away a penalty, like charge into. I can't remember if he got subbed. I thought I he, he played. Might... I actually thought he did okay. I thought yeah, he did that... all right because that was obviously if that's you're thinking that's a sort of time before Richie came in and he was offering a little bit more in that sort of midfield role than we, than we'd seen previously. Um, but yeah, no, I had totally forgotten about that. To be honest, that was a bit it was, strange. Well, it's random in that we didn't see it coming. He didn't play after that. He went on loan to Cosenzo or Crotone, one of the two. He went on loan to, wasn't it? And um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was that, pe- the most randomness was a lot of Eurich's substitutions, but I just thought that one was, was was kind of hilarious, really, where it came from. I think he he may well have gone to Crotone, he may well have just been relegated. That, uh, yeah, that is that is exactly correct. So Crotone, who, who did actually most have beat us in uh, Serie A last season, will now of course, be in yeah. Serie G next season. Don't think people will be uh, booking themselves into the, hospitals uh, which overlooks the Crotone grounds to, to go and watch the next season unfortunately well they might be playing the. Well, I don't know if they will play the Juve under 23 because of the um, regional differences but um, yeah well that wraps up uh, pretty comprehensive and um, yeah kind of very random in itself review of the season but good fun some good memories nice not to um yeah, nice to have a season with a bit of positivity for a change. Um, I think, yeah, next week, Rob, we're going to look at the bit of hopes and ambitions and bit of realism, I guess, as well for next season, what what might be happening. We may finally uh, have an answer on the Bellotti question. Oh, no, no, no chance. No chance that'll be happening. We'll still be, yeah. Does Bellotti know he's out of contract? Maybe not. Maybe he just wants to stay there forever. I don't know. But, um, yeah, we'll see. So, I guess, um, I guess it's yeah. At some point next week, we'll we'll, we'll see when we. Uh, uh, I guess we'll do it once we know about the Bellotti situation. Um, and so, so yeah, it'll be December. December, yeah, and then we'll take a take a bit of a break over the summer. Um, give everyone a rest. So, um, but yeah, we'll throw we'll start, throw some of this out on Twitter, get a bit of feedback, and uh, maybe yeah, maybe kind of. Um, sign off on on some of the categories as well but yeah I think I've given more this evening than most of the three no players did on Friday night against Roma so I'm pretty tired now yeah so solid solid 90 minute performance from uh, from Bourne and uh, there you go 
yeah, you can you can prepare yourself for the player final on uh, Saturday now. There we go. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate the last hour or so not thinking about that. But uh, anyway, um, Forza Toro. Forza Toro.